Hi, friends, and welcome back to the episode of the Keep Getting Better podcast. I'm your host, Molly. And on this podcast, we talk about some of the ways that you can keep getting better both in life and in business. And on today's podcast, we're actually talking about outsourcing with my friend and colleague, Ashley Wakeoff, who is a small business accountant, and she helps business owners go from feeling stressed out about money, no clue on where they're spending or what they're making, to having financial clarity, confidence in their numbers, and a system for organization and compliance. And today we are talking all about outsourcing and how she used outsourcing to grow her business. So if you've been thinking about outsourcing or maybe you've started outsourcing but need some help, then you definitely want to tune into this episode where I ask her all the outsourcing questions and how to use it to grow your business. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Ashley. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited about the conversation we're about to have. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in your business? Yeah. So I went to school in accounting and decided to become an accountant. But I knew that when I became an accountant, the last thing I wanted to do was be a boring accountant or feel like my clients were going to the principal's office whenever they came to chat with me. So throughout my whole journey of being an accountant, I went to work for a CPA firm and then I was a controller in a company. I always wanted to kind of add, I don't know, a fun, friendly flair to being in the accounting industry. And... I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit about me and always kind of knew that I would start my own business. And it truly was the story of don't quit your daydream. I just kept daydreaming what it would be like to have time freedom, financial freedom, and really just the freedom to create the services I wanted to offer, work with the clients that I wanted to work with. And I dreamt about it so much. I finally just jumped in and here we are. I love that. And I know we're talking about outsourcing and hiring today, but how long were you kind of daydreaming for and how long have you been in business now? Yeah. So I've been in business. Pretty Penny has been around a little over three years now. And I probably daydreamed about it for like lightly for years. I mean, I think even when I was a little younger, I thought, oh, whenever I'm older and more mature and people will trust me to be a business owner, then I'll have my own business. That's truly what went through my mind. And then as the years went on, I just would kind of allow myself to go there a little deeper. But I would say like the really intense, what I would call like the intense daydreaming of when I was like, okay, what would this actually look like? What would my day look like? How would this change my life? Was probably a couple of months. And I was sitting in my car one day at lunch from work at a job that I enjoyed, but just was ready to do my own thing. And I was eating my lunch in my car and I just thought, I've just got to take the next step. I've just got to do it. And that day I chose a business name and created an LLC. And then the ball just kind of started rolling and things just started moving forward and kind of took a life of its own. And then I went full-time with it. And here we are. I love that. When did you go full-time with it? In twenty May of 2019. And so I did it on the side for about 10 months because mm-hmm. it was July of the previous year when I filed for my LLC and when I kind of decided to make things like official, like, okay, here's, we're just going to start. And so for about 10 months, I built up business at nights and on the weekends and in my free time. And it got to the point where it was just time for me to go full-time. I even went full-time a little bit before I was ready. I kept thinking, okay, once I have this amount in my account and this many clients and all of these things. And there was just this in the back of my head was like, you just got to do it. You just got to jump all in and you just got to go for it. 
And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that you did too. So at what point did you start thinking about outsourcing in your business? So I didn't outsource in my business for probably at least the first year. And then I dabbled a little bit in it. You know, I had someone help me with some graphic design and then I paid someone to help me with some of my marketing. And it was kind of little bits and pieces, but I realized that every time I outsource something, my business took like a major step forward and it made my life so much easier and it helped my business grow. So then every time I did it after that, it just got easier and easier. And even then, whenever I would decide to outsource in a bigger way, it was intimidating. I was nervous to do it. But every time that I did it, it was it really just helped my business get to where I was hoping it would go in a much faster way than it would take me if I was still trying to do everything on my own. Yeah. So we've heard about the benefits of outsourcing. Did you like make any mistakes along the way or things where like lesson learned? So many mistakes. I think that in entrepreneurship and just being a business owner in general, mistakes are going to be made. They're absolutely unavoidable. And I think that's okay. I think giving ourselves the grace and the patience to make those mistakes and then learn from them is all a part of the process. I definitely have made some decisions on outsourcing or investing in things that didn't really play out the way that I wanted them to. And when I look back at some of those decisions, they were made out of like, I almost felt like I was pushing myself into it because I knew I needed it and I didn't have the time to do it. And I didn't have the time to do the research and I didn't have the time to worry about it. So I just kind of jumped full into it. And I'm a big believer in, I feel like I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm just going to kind of let this go on this little rant for a second. I'm a big believer in as an entrepreneur, listening to your gut while also looking at how the numbers are going to play into things, right? So like looking at the analytics, looking at the numbers, but then also listening to your gut. And when I think back at some of the decisions that I made that didn't pan out the way that I wanted them to, my gut was telling me, this is probably not the right time or the right decision, but I just wanted it mentally so bad to just take that next step or move forward that I went with it anyway. So I think listening to our gut and really trusting that intuition is such a major part of making some of those big decisions. Yeah, I totally agree. I definitely listen to my intuition when I'm making choices myself. But since you're an accountant, can you tell us a little bit about like what people should be looking at when they're looking at their numbers? Like, what does that mean? Absolutely. I'm a big believer that understanding the financial side of your business is just as important to a business's success as the quality of what you sell or even your marketing strategy or your customer service. So really understanding the financial piece helps you make those decisions with confidence. Most of the time, if we trust our gut and our intuition, we're right. But we can be a lot more confident going into those decisions if we know that the numbers back it up. So whenever you're looking at the numbers in your business, you want to have a really good idea of how much money is coming in each month. So what your revenue looks like. And you want to have a good idea of where your money is being spent. I think sometimes it can be really easy to just spend money throughout the month and then look at your bank account and be like, where did all that money go? I know that I had a lot of money come in. So having a lot of clarity, whether you track it in QuickBooks or in an Excel sheet or you have an accountant or whatever it looks like, but having clarity of where your money is being spent so that you can make sure that the current money that you're spending is going in places that's helping your business get to where you want it to go. And then you're going to look at your profits. That's your all the money coming in minus all the money coming out, your revenue minus your expenses. You're going to look at your profit. 
and see what you have left over every month. And there's a ton of different really detailed calculations that you can do to kind of figure this out. I have an outsourcing toolkit that really helps you break it down and kind of plug things into a spreadsheet to get actual numbers. But what you're looking at is your profit every month and how much you want to take home of that and how much you have available to put back into the business. So if your profit every month is $5,000 and you know that you want to take home at least $3,000 a month, then that leaves you $2,000 to set some money aside for taxes. You need to save for taxes. And then either maybe take a little bit of a pay cut to invest so then you can grow and take more money home yourself or take the profit that you have left over and just start putting it back into the business, investing and outsourcing in small ways so that you can free up more time to bring in more sales and then therefore be able to invest more. Awesome. What? So is your team mostly like contractors now? Do you have full-time team members? What does that look like? So I currently have three employees and a couple of contractors and I adore each and every one of them. My business truly would not be where it is today without them. And I think when you're looking at hiring employees versus outsourcing something to a contractor, there's a couple of different things to think about. If you're hiring someone as an employee, it's usually someone that you're going to train on the task. You're going to be the one to show them how to fit into your processes, show them how you want something done and have them kind of plug and play the system that you have built. When you're outsourcing something, it's more about something that isn't maybe your specialty or isn't something that you already have a really, really solid process for. And you need someone with a different level of expertise. Um, The marketing side of my business, something I think is interesting is that sometimes even if we enjoy doing something, doing all of the details of that thing is not always where our time is best spent. And the marketing side of my business is something that I have outsourced in a lot of different ways this year. And I found people that have expertise in areas that I don't so that I can still kind of have these marketing ideas and put forth creative effort and kind of guide what my marketing strategy looks like. But I don't have to be the one executing it because I have outsourced it to people who are really good at different parts of the marketing strategy that can help me execute it in a way that's going to, it's better than if I tried to do it all myself. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you create like blog posts, you have things on Pinterest, you create Instagram content. Are you creating content yourself or do you like put your information in the Google doc somewhere and then your team like takes it over for you? How does your content look like in terms of outsourcing? Yeah. So one of my favorite contractors, I adore her. She's my copywriter and she was actually the first big thing that I outsourced. I was creating steady blog posts every week, but I knew I wanted to start doing a weekly newsletter. And it was just a lot on my plate. It was something I really wanted to keep doing, but I needed to get it off my plate. So I hired a copywriter and I do a lot of brain dumps. She takes a lot of my courses and freebies and resources that I provide and takes those and turns them into really incredible content that gets repurposed on Pinterest, on Instagram, and my newsletters, on my blog posts. And so it's still, I still feel like I get to do the teaching that I love to do and the sharing value and the sharing information that I really enjoy. But I'm not the one that has to go in and physically write it all out or make it really beautiful. And truthfully, she's a way better writer than I am. So it sounds really nice coming from her. Yeah. How did you find her? Was it through like Instagram, LinkedIn, Indeed, somewhere else? Yeah, I did a lot of Instagram stalking. 
So I literally went on Instagram and I searched copywriter. And then I found a couple of people that I kind of narrowed it down to a few people and I stalked their Instagrams and what they were writing in their own posts and kind of use that as maybe how they communicate. And I reached out to two people that I thought might be a good fit. And the conversation that I had with the girl that I ended up hiring, she was really excited about technical writing. So I think it, to me with copywriting, it probably depends on what your industry is, but with accounting, I needed to, I needed for it to be someone who was okay with doing the technical writing and maybe even having to do a little bit of research to figure out exactly what things look like and comfortable talking to me about getting approval on things that might be like an accounting equation or something like that. And she was so excited about the idea of technical writing. So it's been a really great fit. I love that. Is that how you found your other team members and subcontractors or have you used like different methods? All of my contractors have been found either through networking groups, like different Facebook groups that I'm in or Instagram. My employees have almost all come from LinkedIn. I've had a lot of success um, on LinkedIn over other hiring platforms like Indeed or other things. I just felt like I was able to connect with more people that were valid candidates on LinkedIn. And then did you create like a posting or did you also go and look for people who had what you were looking for? I created a posting on LinkedIn. I did a little bit of searching and trying to filter and reaching out to people, but I found that creating a post and letting people apply was the best way. And something, if anybody listening is trying to like create a post and feels like they're not getting great candidates, I kind of went a little bit of a different direction with the way that I post when I'm looking for talent. And I think about it like the way that I write copy or the way my messaging works for my ideal client, how I write it in a way that speaks directly to the person that I want to be my client. I do that same thing with my job postings. So I don't make it really simple and dry. Like it's not just like, here are the duties. Here's what qualifies you. It's really fun and lighthearted. Like there was a mean girls reference and some shorthand words and I really made it very casual and fun because if someone isn't casual and fun, they're really not going to work very well with me because I'm pretty cheesy and kind of like to keep things light. And so I wanted to find candidates that connected with that. Yeah, that's so important. That's something I've done as well of like making sure that we're a personality match as well instead of just, you know, the skills part. Okay, so for someone who is working on their business and they're realizing they're doing all the things still, how do you, how did they figure out what to outsource first? I would say there's a couple of different kind of routes that you can go. And something I have to constantly remind myself, and I know I've already kind of mentioned this before is just because you might be good at something doesn't mean that you need to be the person in your business doing it. You want to do the things in your business that you really enjoy and that are moving your business in a direction that you want it to keep moving. So if you're doing something that you're good at, but you don't really enjoy it, it's just a part of what you have to do. That's a great piece to outsource. If you're doing something that you absolutely dislike, but it is a necessary part of growing your business or operating your business, start there. Get those tasks off of your plate. Because if you're doing tasks that you really, really dislike doing, you don't have to be the only one to do them. And not only are you doing something you don't like to do, it's very energy draining to do something you don't like to do because you're going to dread it all day and you're going to do the thing that you don't want to do. And if you could just pay someone else to do that in 30 minutes, it will take time off of your plate, stress off of your plate. It will be the most worth it hire. So I think looking at your business as a whole, really making a list of the things that you don't enjoy doing 
and the things that are moving the needle forward in your business. So not just doing something because other businesses are doing it. You feel like you need to also do that, but what's actually going to move the needle in your business in a direction you want it to go and figuring out kind of where you can start. I think sometimes people think that they have to outsource like something massive to start and you really can start small and then grow. Let that person grow with your business or let your outsourcing grow with your business. Yeah, I love that. These are all great tips. I hope people are taking notes down. So with your business, where do you see your business going in terms of like, do you want it to grow bigger and have teams of key members? Like what's your vision for next year? Yeah, I love talking about this and I love getting excited about the growth of a business. And something that I am really focused on going into next year is growing in a way that is not only sustainable, but growing in a way that really feels good with what I want and what I want my clients to feel when they're working with us. So I would love to be able to serve as many business owners as we can and really help people on the financial side of their business. But I also want to make sure that that client experience and the experience that they're getting out of that stays really healthy and really strong. So we do have plans to expand. We'll be hiring some new people, taking on more business in different ways, but really just working with people that connect with our brand, that connect with us and working with people where we can really make a difference in their business. I love that. Thanks so much for all your tips today, Ashley. Okay. So where can people find you online? So I'm on most social media at Pretty Penny Accounting. You can always, especially on Instagram, you can always find me hanging out there. My website is pplcaccounting.com. And if you go to pplcaccounting.com slash resources, there's free resources there. And there's also courses like an outsourcing toolkit, a business foundations course that really can help you make sure you have all the foundations for a strong business, like your entity type, if you're an LLC, all those, all those good things, as well as some bigger courses, like learning how to do QuickBooks, which has been um, widely requested. So we're excited it's there. Awesome. And I'll be sure to drop all the links in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you want to add? I think that's it. I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast today. It was really nice chatting with you. Oh, thanks. It was really great having you. Okay. Thanks everyone. If you liked this episode, make sure to go contact Ashley at Pretty Penny Accounting. That's it, right? (laughs) You can screenshot this and tag both of us on Instagram and we'll be sure to reshare Other than that, I hope you all have a great day.